Hello, everyone, and welcome to tonight's edition of the Draft Countdown Podcast. I'm your co-host, Brian Bosart, as always with my co-host, Shane P. Hallam. Shane, 81 days, 22 hours, 59 minutes, 43 seconds away from the 2022 NFL Draft. But tonight we are wrapping up the 2022 Reese's Senior Bowl. That we are. Game is over in the books. You've had a busy week being down there in Mobile, and uh, you called the game for the radio today. So, you know, you were locked in on the action. I was watching on NFL Network. So we are, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to break down the game and how that went. And um, we'll be wrapping up everything Senior Bowl here on the site the next few days. Yeah, um, tomorrow you'll have a game recap up. Uh, Tuesday, I believe I will have my uh, – risers and followers from the the entire process entire week here and wednesday will be your stock up or that might have the days mixed up yeah but we'll have stock up stock down here tuesday now, and on tuesday and wednesday and you have a new seven round uh 2022 mock coming out on monday uh probably going to be a large number of players from this game in that seven round mock i would imagine might might be close to all of them <laughs> at this point um so let's talk about the game shane and I mean, this was all defense, man, uh, for the most part. And uh, the national team uh, won the game 20 to 10. And, uh, but yeah, every uh, most valuable player in this game from the defensive side of the ball, not sure I've ever seen that uh, at any all star game, much less a senior bowl before. Uh, but the overall game MVP, Perry and Winfrey, uh, defense, interior defensive lineman from Oklahoma. Uh, the national team MVP was Boye Mafe from uh, Minnesota, the edge rusher, and the American team MVP was edge rusher D'Angelo Malone. So uh, a lot of sacks in this game. Uh, well, mostly from one team. Uh, nine total sacks in the game, eight <laughs> from one team. Yeah, I, I don't know if I've quite seen that uh, from the senior bowl that I can remember. I and mean, we had a little bit of it last year, but – yeah, I mean, for, for the most part, it was it was just wild to see the defenses absolutely take it over, especially the national team. Like you said, the American offensive line just could not could not get it together. And then no combination was doing anything against uh, these guys. They were pinning their ears back. Um, you know, you mentioned Winfrey had two sacks. Uh, Boya Mafia had two sacks. Jesse Lakita from Penn State had two sacks. Like uh, Just uh, multi-sack games all around. And the quarterbacks, even when there wasn't sacks, the quarterbacks were under pressure, often running for their lives on both sides. Yeah, uh, you mentioned Jesse Lakita and his two sacks. Uh, he quadrupled uh, his sack production at Penn State today. <laughs> Jesse Lakita had a half a sack this year at Penn State. That was his only note in the sack column in his four years at Penn State. Quadrupled his production today at the Senior Bowl with two. That's a tweet right there. That, that's what that is. That is uh, the perfect tweet. Yeah. Well, I mean, just just wild. And I, I, I like that. I mean, it shows you what, you know, we talk about the practice. The practice week's the biggest thing. But it shows you what the game means for a guy like Jesse Lakita, who, look, Penn State had a lot of good players that are going to get drafted. They didn't need him to rush the passer much. He got his chance and actually showed up, was able to do it. It gives you another key into his game that maybe his college career, he just was never asked to do. Yeah, and it makes you wonder. I mean, I mean, I guess Penn State had solid pass rushers with Ebiketti, who was, you know, I think he played today. I'm not 100% sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were some guys that that were missing. We'll, we'll go over some of those guys that we know of uh, didn't play today. Uh, before we get 
I, uh, and talk about some of the other stuff. I do want to note that Haskell Garrett uh, left practice on Thursday, clutching his shoulder. We thought he had, you know, hurt his collarbone or something. He actually played today. I was very played surprised. well too. Yeah, he played well. Yeah, <laughs> I was I was really surprised. I was like, I looked down. It's like, is that ninety three? Is that Garrett? I mean, I, I thought for sure he was not going to play, and uh, but he was out there and, and producing today. So good on him. Absolutely, uh, and you know what? I, I think it was good. Like you said, he played well. He he got a pressure, a big pressure in the game, um, and was close to a sack a couple times in there. But I I don't know. It's been it's very rare. I don't know if you can think of a time that I've seen a guy get hurt, like clearly get hurt at practice, and then play playing the game, then continue. Like usually when it's something like that where they're on the ground, like you know, there's no. The he left, like, get he out, left, get out. He left practice. He didn't come back. Right. So you're like, surely he's done, you know, and then you know, he comes out and plays. So like I said, go. good for him. Uh, yeah. Good for him for, uh, for doing it. Uh, Jermaine Johnson, uh, who starred the first two days of practice for the American team. He did not play in the game today. Uh, he did not practice Thursday either. I didn't actually know that until last night. And then I watched. Uh, I went and watched the practice tape from Thursday this morning before I went over for the game, and I'm like, nope, nope, he did not practice. So uh, let's cross him off. He's probably not going to play, and he didn't. Uh, one of the most bizarre things I saw was for the national team. They only had three receivers, Shane. Uh, three of their receivers, something happened to them between Thursday and now. Uh, Alec Pierce from Cincinnati. Uh, Khalil Shakir from Boise State and Braylon Sanders from uh, Ole Miss. None of those three uh, played in the game Saturday. Said so all they had was Christian Watson, Bo Melton, and um, I'm, I'm anyway. I'll come come back to that. But uh, you know those three. Let's see. Remember, I have it here. Uh, Romeo Dubs. Romeo Dubs, Romeo Dubs yeah. was the other. They were the only three wide receivers they had. So a lot of uh. Why the old two tight end sets from the national team today? Well, I, I think on both sides, but especially that national team with the lack of receivers, the tight ends got to be featured a little bit more, uh, which was kind of cool. I think that was at least nice. Um, but because the quarterbacks didn't have a lot of time, it was nice to check it down to the, the tight ends a little bit. So apparently uh, Sanders got hurt on Wednesday. Uh, I guess Pierce just left. <laughs> after Thursday's practice. So I don't know, but that's that, that, that was in Shakir. I heard just left as well after Thursday's practice, just boom out. So I don't, I don't know. Uh, I can't imagine the senior bowl is too happy though, to be only down to only three receivers. No, I, I, I can't either. And I was actually questioning, I was wondering like, maybe I wonder if maybe some of those cats from the uh, HBCU combine, you couldn't have had a, some of those guys like hang around maybe this week as, as, as fill-in guys, I'm sure they'd have been ecstatic to get out there, you know, and play. And then, and, and if that event continues in Mobile, I would not be surprised if that is something that happens in the, uh, in the future, maybe as, as a potential, you know, in for some of those guys to get out there and, and show their stuff in the game. I, I think it's a tough balance to say, you know, cause I would say, Hey, why don't want to increase the roster a little bit, but then you want, you want to give guys a chance to play if you have now oh well now we have 10 receivers how much playing time does everyone get how much practice time do they get you know that kind of sucks too yeah so it, it is a it is a balancing act and uh 
But yeah, so let's let's get into some of these numbers, Shane. Uh, again, twenty to ten, the national team uh, wins, coached by the Jets. They get they get the dub here over the Lions coach staff. And we talked about the the sack numbers, and it was just unreal. Like Winfrey rushing from the inside, just bullying over, you know, some of those guards and um, two sacks. Wins the overall game MVP. He also had uh, three tackles for loss and five tackles. Uh, Mafe, all three of his tackles were for loss, two sacks. Uh, Lakita, three tackles, two sacks. Uh, you almost hit this one on the head, Shane, uh, in our guaranteed predictions for the game. Uh, you got a little greedy and said Travis Jones, uh, two sacks, but Travis Jones did have a sack and three tackles. And JT Woods had the only interception of the day, and that was right at the end uh, when Bailey Zappi was just throwing it down the field and trying to make something happen. Yeah, at least for the national team, because uh, the, the American team got a good interception in there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it was it was wild. You know, I, I tweeted like I, I you know I was watching at first the you know the, the American D offensive line didn't play that badly. I thought Braxton Jones was actually doing pretty well, and I tweeted about that. And then um, you know the interior it was rough. I mean, Cade Mays oof, just got eaten up throughout this game. Like it was it was pretty bad. Um, but uh, yeah, and then once once I tweeted that out about Braxton Jones, everything just felt, broke down. <laughs> like he, then he, then he was getting knocked around. Guys were getting inside. Um, I, I don't know if there's an offensive lineman. Maybe Darian Kennard played okay, but I don't know if there's an offensive lineman on the American team that I was like, oh yes, you know they uh, they really crushed it today. There was one sack on Zappy, and I actually it hurt me when he got hit. It was it was quite. Uh, quite a shot that he took. I mean, it might've been from Lakita uh, or maybe not. I'm not sure. I think but, it was. Yeah. I think I know which one. Yeah. About. yeah. Lakita came around the end there. Oof. <laughs> it was, it was rough, man. And, uh, but uh, the American team, they, I mean, they got a little pressure on the quarterback. They only had one sack and they split it uh, between D'Angelo Malone and, uh, Damon was, Clark. Uh, Damon Clark, yeah. yeah. That, and that was a good play. Damon Clark, I thought, played well mm-hmm. uh, this week in general. Um, there was another guy. Uh, Neil Farrell ha- had a good game for the American defense as well. He, he penetrated a lot in the backfield. And all in the first half, uh, and I don't know if he got injured and didn't play in the second half or if he just didn't record another tackle, but DeMarco Jackson from App State had six tackles in the first half. Uh, didn't get any more the rest of the game. But he had a he had a good – and a lot of uh, lot of pressure, but no finishing from Kingsley and Igbari. But he, he uh, was in the backfield quite a bit, but uh, never actually finished the play. And that's fine. I mean, that's what you're looking for. Um, I, you know, I, th- I thought that the linebackers, especially for the American side, played well. We mentioned Damone Clark. Uh, Channing Tyndale had a great special teams play uh, when he, he just he was a blur on screen coming down to to make a tackle um, on a punt return, which which I just love seeing the special teams plays and seeing some of these guys be able to showcase that ability because, hey, you know, it gets you drafted higher. Um, and, uh, I thought Jojo Doman too played well. Alante Taylor got gifted an interception from Carson Strong, just, just tossed it right to him. Uh, it didn't look him off and, and he was, you know, he was right there. So it was, um, 
you know, I, I think the American defense was played pretty soundly. Like you said, got a lot of pressures, good tackles in the backfield, but just, uh, you know, couldn't, couldn't get to the quarterback enough to uh, like the other side. There was a um, lot of questionable special teams returns in this football game. Might as well do it. You might as well just try it and see what happens. I have never seen a punt returner in my life field a punt in the end zone, but Bo Melton did that in the first quarter today, and I'm like, oh, jeez. And then like, I, and then Vellis Jones went backwards into the end zone on a punt return. He fielded inside the five, and you're like, oh, this is uh, – I'm hoping the special teams coaches aren't watching <laughs> this game. I wonder if they got told that, like, look, if you can return it, just do it. You know, who cares? Just, you know, have a chance to break one and make, make, a, make the biggest play of the game. You might as well do it. Like, why, why not try? What, what's what's the harm in that? It's an all-star game. It's an exhibition game. You know, if your defense, if if you end up, you know, fumbling the football and giving up seven points, who cares? Um, it's a, probably a good thing the national team had eight sacks because they had to overcome a lot of penalties in this game. Shane, fourteen penalties for one hundred eight yards. Uh, charged that national team and the American team seven penalties, sixty-eight yards. Um, I mean, I guess that's just a product of maybe just, I guess, not a lot of cohesion on the team because uh, there was a lot of false start penalties, it felt like, starts. in this game. Yeah, I, I think it is just, you know, getting a snap down, a cadence, your different quarterbacks coming in and out. I think it's tough. And this coaching staff is one of the staffs in training in the NFL. So they're also, the, that, that referee group is, um, refing for a job in the NFL. So, you know, these guys are doing their best to be as accurate as possible to impress. So it kind of goes, it's kind of the all-star game for them as well. Um, Let's talk about special teams right quick before we get into the offense. (laughs) Uh, You said these kickers were not good that were at the senior bowl. Um, Andrew Mevis, I said yesterday in Thursday's practice, missed two thirty plus 32-yard field goals in practice inside. Uh, gets a shot at a 24-yard field goal today. Misses. Yeesh. Not good. Uh, Cam Dicker there uh, got two field goal attempts. One was a the fire drill uh, kick there at the end of the half. Uh, missed that from 48 yards. Makes one from 38 uh, later in the game. Uh, the punting, though, pretty good. Uh, oh, definitely, yeah. And definitely yeah. some uh, some of the punts were like some of those goofy punt returns were angled to the sideline to where if they don't like the one, especially the one with Vellis Jones, where if he doesn't field it, it's going to go out of bounds inside the five anyway. So he at least tried to do something with it. But uh, for uh, Jordan Stout, Penn State there, uh, averaged 49 and a half yards on his four punts, two inside the 20. Uh, Jake Camarda from Georgia punted six times, averaged 51 yards a punt, uh, long of 58. So he was pretty consistent there with his distance. Yeah, well. I mean, stout, long of 59. I mean, they, uh, to my mock on Monday, they're both going in the fifth round. Uh, so, like, there are a lot of teams need punters. The, uh, amazing performances throughout the week from them. 
And I, I just can't usually, Brian, I feel like you do the same thing because you're, you're not a special teams guy, especially. But, you know, usually it's easy. Uh, uh, this year we have an underclassman at the top of the punter and the kicker list. To put the two senior bowl kickers just next, right, two and three. That's what you figure. It's who the NFL wants. There's no way that Andrew Mevis is a top three kicker in this draft. Like, I, I think Parker White from South Carolina, Gabe Burkick from Oklahoma. I mean, I, I think that was a misstep to me watching this week. Just he, he did not belong. Yeah, those two guys should have been uh, here in, in Mobile, not the two we have. <laughs> um, I, I don't know if how your long snapper did, but, you know, I'm sure he did fine. There wasn't – we didn't hear about him, so it's probably a good thing. That, that is one way to look at it. Uh, <laughs> there was some snap issues today, as as you expect to happen with mm-hmm. five players here that had never snapped the ball before this week. So we had a little bit of that. But let's talk about the quarterback, Shane. I mean, we're, we're, we've been here, you know, 17 minutes now. We haven't really mentioned a quarterback other than – one uh, mortar round thrown <laughs> by uh, Carson Strong. Uh, let's start with the guy who got the headlines this week, uh, Malik Willis. Um, he uh, didn't really pop on the stat sheet throwing the ball. Two of four, 11 yards, was sacked once. Uh, but 54 yards rushing, though, on four carries, including one where he was trying. He, he almost, I thought he was going to score. And it yeah. was because they run a two-minute drill at the end of each quarter, so every quarterback there will get a shot at running a two-minute drill. And uh, Malik Willis, they they were basically given one untimed down because he just chucked the ball 50 yards down the field and drew a pass interference penalty. It was a terrible and pass. Terrible it, was a, pass it was a horrible pass. But <laughs> I, I treated it like it was the end of the game or the end right. of the half. Okay, so that I makes, was, sense. I was, that makes I was, sense. I was okay with it because, you know, that the, the ball was going to change possessions. Anyway, he gets right. the DPI call, and uh, the very next play, he, he you know, the pressure gets to him as it got to every single quarterback on the American roster, and he almost broke the run for, let's see, the, the run was 27 yards. It felt like longer than that Yeah, he was, uh, as much as he ran around. <laughs> uh, but he fell about what was about 10 or 8 or 10 yards short of the goal line there. He got pretty close. Uh, but, uh, yeah, overall, I, thoughts on Malik Wills today? I, look, I, I was impressed. I know that, um, you know, rushing the football, we knew what he could do. But the fact that he had the wherewithal, when to run, that last run, just the angles that he took were really good. And I thought even the passes that he made, the shorter passes that he completed, were very sharp. I mean, you could see the arm. Um, were they perfect passes and great ball placement? No. The two deep shots he took, we talked about the one, the other one, was was pretty a pretty bad pass as well. Um, so it's typical Malik Willis, but I was impressed with him. I mean, the national team's lucky that Wyoming's Chad Muma ran him down like he did, which also was very impressive. Muma's one of my my uh, guys who maybe didn't have the the sacks or the stat sheet, but really played well. Um, oh, Willis he has a stat that. sheet. <laughs> uh, yeah, Muma, he had tackles, nine tackles, <laughs> nine five tackles. solos in the game. Uh, yeah, Muma did look good on the stat sheet, and uh, you know on the, the tape as well from this game. He's definitely a top 100 guy, I think, after this week, Chad Moomley is. Yeah, um, well, when your teammates get eight sacks, I guess you don't 
it doesn't look quite as good. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I agree. I'm kind of end of the second, early third round. Uh, the other quarterbacks on the American roster, Sam Howell. I thought Sam Howell looked, uh, looked good today when he wasn't on his back. Um, but he, uh, the, the times he wasn't sacked, he probably could have been sacked more if he was, if you know, if not his pocket maneuverability and escapability there weren't on full display. And that included a 29 yard touchdown run. I'm sorry, a eight yard touchdown run, not he had 29 yards rushing, an eight yard touchdown run. Um, for the the only touchdown of the day for the American team, I, I thought he his arm looked good. Um, which you know I think there are people that kind of knock him, or he feels like he doesn't have a strong arm, but his zip was really good in those short passes, and he was used to not having a line that protected him very well, so he knew how to run around. He had t- more rushing yards than Malik Willis this year in college football, um, and showcased that your your boy who didn't have a catch, Isaiah Likely. With the uh, had the block on that touchdown without him, that might have been the block of the day. Oh, yeah, yeah, which which is not as they like these games. So I was like, oh, that that is exactly that probably helped him more than catching three passes. Um, so I thought Sam Howell played like a a late first round pick, you know, I I think that's where where he is, and I think that's where he should settle in. And um, I I think I think a team like Detroit's got to really like what they got out of him. Would he fit what you think Pittsburgh wants to do or no? I think he would. I, I'm a little surprised there hasn't been a little more buzz or connection there. Uh, but I think he's what they want, a guy that can run a little bit when needed, like Pickett. Um, but, you know, that's not – but it doesn't have to be his game. Obviously, they like Malik Willis too. But I think I think Hal is probably, you know, there with Corral is number three or four on their QB board. Um, the other quarterback, uh, Western Kentucky's Bailey Zappi, 8 of 13, 103. He, uh, not the mobile one like the other two quarterbacks, so therefore he was sacked four times, including, like I said earlier, took a shot to the back that hurt me all the way up in the radio booth there. Uh, but he uh, had the one interception. That was late. They were just, you know, that, I get it. He's just trying to force the ball down the field and uh, – felt like the national uh, secondary kind of baited him into that throw uh, because the, the play before that, they almost run the exact same play and he completed a pass, I believe, to Calvin Austin. And then the next play, it felt like he was going back there again and JT Woods just jumped the route and uh, picked it off. So, but uh, I thought Zappy was, was, was good. He had one, he, he may have had the best throw of the day uh, that I saw. I thought that first drive was really strong, kind of sputtered out at the end, but he had two really nice passes, a little even a little further downfield, and then it, the arm just wasn't there to, to get it downfield. You know, it, it's it's why he's not with these other five, ultimately, and uh, probably why he's an, an early day three guy. Uh, let's look at the quarterbacks on the national team now. Um, Kenny Pickett, six of six, no incomplete passes. Uh, for Pickett, that includes a 38-yard completion to your man Christian Watson, his only catch of the day. Uh, uh, Pickett was sacked one time, through one TD, and that was it. I believe that might have been his. Uh, was that his only drive, or did he have two drives? I think he had two drives yeah. ultimately, but they but, ran most of the other one. Yeah, yeah. No incomplete passes though for Kenny Pickett. So. 
that's good, I guess. It, it, it was, I felt like it was good. It was fair. You know, the, the, the Christian Watson catch, if you would have put it out in front of him, that's a touchdown easily. And Watson's to go to the ground to get it and stands up and starts running. Um, so, you know, it, it's what Kenny Pickett is that you, you're just not going to get those kind of perfect passes that are in place. And it's tough in an all-star game. And you don't know these receivers. You only worked with them one week. I'll continue saying that. Um, so going six to six for 89 yards and touchdown is almost as good as you can hope for, um, you know, for him to have done. I came away impressed with how Desmond Ritter played mm-hmm. uh, on his his couple of drives there. Uh, I thought his his rollout game was really good. He he might outside of the one deep ball that I saw Zappy hit. Uh, I thought the a pass that uh, Ritter threw over the middle went right over top of the linebacker's head and just fit it in uh, was one of the better throws of the day. And he had two touchdown passes as well. I thought he would – I actually thought, you know, just based on the two touchdowns, he would have been the uh, MVP of the game. But they go with the defense. And as well, they probably should have, uh, to be honest. But your thoughts on Ritter's day? Um, I I thought he was the best quarterback kind of consistently in terms of passing the football, uh, which – you know, it doesn't mean that he's the best, but I thought today in this game, like you said, a lot of scripted rollouts for him, which were perfect. Um, he knew how, how to use the pocket. And the main thing I want to see, is he going to be accurate? And I thought he was accurate. Um, I thought his passes were were pretty sharp. So I was really impressed with him. And, you know, he, he knew kind of when to take off uh, as well. Like a lot of these QBs had to do that with the pressure and did really well. I, I think Desmond Ritter, I came away impressed. The week, not so much. The game, pr- pretty good for him. He's a gamer. <laughs> that, there you He's go. He's a gamer. Why he went undefeated for two years in the regular season, right? Of the six quarterbacks that played today, somebody had to be the worst. Oof. Carson Strong, I love this guy, man. I did. And this week has not been kind, I don't think, to Mr. Strong. Um, we already, like I said, knew of his lack of athletic upside to put it nicely uh but we all talked about how big his arm was and his deep balls were trash all week long and that included today with the interception from Alante Taylor where it looked I mean it was the pure definition of arm punt I just like right the one thing we had was the arm strength. And and I thought he he had showcased that at times, you know, during the week, there were some passes was like, okay, you know, he looks like he has the best arm. And then some passes that weren't there. I thought in this game, there wasn't a pass where I felt like Carson Strong had the strongest arm of this group. I mean, I thought Sam Howell uh, was zipping him in much better. Malik Willis, obviously, as well. So, that that's the calling card because he he couldn't move in the pocket and and it showed here again in, in this game because that's what I wanted to see too. Am, am I, you know, I always worry, am I kind of talking about that too much? Am I putting too much stock in that? Is it really true? Um, and he I, I didn't feel like he could navigate the pocket super well and um, you know, ultimately led to that interception too. So it, it, it was rough. Um, I don't know where his I don't know where do you think his stock lies. I know the medical is going to be pretty big on his knee, uh, but you know, after this week, where where do you kind of have him? Because, like you said, you were high on him coming in, and a lot of people are still are. I have trouble placing where he's going to go in the NFL draft. 
I came into this week with him around 50 uh, on my board, which will put him about mid-second round. I feel like that's where he's going to end up. But at this point, you have to feel, let's just say, a third of the NFL teams are going to have him off their board, right? They're going to flunk his medicals. So how many of the teams that, uh, let's just say, 22 teams left, 21, 20 to 22 teams left, that don't flunk his medicals are in the market for a quarterback on the first two days. The 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 number starts to dwindle a little bit there. And at that point, you so I don't know. He could could Carson Strong be that quarterback that we're talking about on Saturday morning as still on the board? I I'm not ruling it out. Fair. I think I think it's fair, and especially if there is any uneasiness on the medical, it's just not worth. Like, like he has to pass that with flying colors. I think almost to have a shot at day two, because if there's any question marks, it's not worth taking them that early and wait and you know potentially wasting that pick. Let's move on to another position that you love so much, Shane, the running backs, and. Uh... With you being in the fantasy world, I'm sure all eyes in the Devi and world were on this game, looking at some of these backs. But it's really kind of hard to make an impact in this game when you have five five running backs on each team. You're not going to get that many carries. Um, but I'll tell you a guy that, and we'll get to some of the other ones. He was, I mean, this guy was is is by far not the best running back here. I'm not saying this, but just from the circumstances, TJ Pledger, man. That guy looked like he was shot out of a cannon on the five carries that he had. Every time he touched the ball, it felt like he was just exploding through. Ended up with 34 yards, averaged 6.6 a carry, um, including a long of 23. I thought TJ Pledger uh, for only getting – oh, he also – I'm sorry. He also had two catches for 24 mm-hmm. yards. Yeah. So, I mean, you're looking at, you know, 58 yards of offense for a guy who didn't show up here until Thursday. I mean, I was impressed. I He was not someone really on my radar, and I still don't think he gets drafted. But I think I think uh, teams will definitely pick him up after that performance. Uh, and maybe late, maybe maybe now in the seventh round, hey, I'll take a shot. He was able to step in here. I thought his, his hands were good. He looked really good catching the football. And after the catch, uh, yeah, TJ Pledger um, definitely – I would say was was probably the best running back in the American team today, just in the game with how he played, was really good. A little surprised he wasn't at another All-Star game. I I, I was looking for his measurements because the Senior Bowl never never released them, and I was looking through some of the other All-Star games, and I was like, he's not here, not here, not here. I mean, I'm, I'm a little surprised by that, that, you know, he didn't get – he was brought to the Senior Bowl, and I feel like, you know, for him to be here that late and have his equipment that quickly, I felt like he was – working out in nearby anyway, either Pensacola or maybe even a mobile somewhere to get that call. Uh, the other running backs on the American team, um, not, not a whole lot of impact from uh, Damian Pierce, who I thought was the best running back on that team during the week, but he didn't get a whole lot of run only uh, five carries here. Uh, averaged a little, little over three yards a carry had one catch for five yards uh, was targeted twice. He did have a drop. Uh, Brian Robinson, not a whole lot of action there. I know you're not the biggest Brian Robinson fan in the world. I'm not either, uh, as far as that goes. Uh, so, but that was about it for the, uh, the American team running backs. 
Yeah, there, there wasn't much going on. You know, Pierce and Robinson, once again, with the offensive line, is just not playing that well. Those those players just aren't going to get a lot. So yeah, they were they were. There was one play where almost as soon as the back uh, had the ball, Travis Jones ate him up. <laughs> and just what can you do? Yeah. Uh, the the running back play was a bit better on the national team roster, though. Shane, uh, one of my guys, one of my favorite uh, running backs in this class. My, as a matter of fact, my top rated senior running back is Rashad White. The running back Arizona State, and he had he got a good burst of speed up one time and decided he was going to start leaping safeties, and uh, so that was pretty fun. Uh, White had um, let's see, fifty nine yards on twelve touches, uh, average four point seven yards a carry. Uh, that in that play, I don't, I don't know who he leapt over. I'll have to go back and try to figure it out, but um, yeah, just shot out of a cannon. You know, right when he got the football, nice hole. He accelerated straight through it. That's what he brings to the table. I actually thought one of his earlier runs that that he got maybe five, six yards was one of his best in terms of navigating, using his vision, something he's, he struggles with. He's not great at that. He's pretty raw still. Um, and I, I thought the football IQ, you could see it kind of getting there with him. So I think there's a lot of potential out there with Rashad White. Aram Smith was a guy that uh, we know Jim Nagy was super high on before the senior bowl process got started and he showed through today a uh, 4.4 yard to carry had a 20, uh, 20 yard touchdown reception. If that's what you want to call it, I believe, uh, what was that? The, yeah, that was on the, the, the catch where, um, mm-hmm. let's just say an assignment was blown by somebody there on that, uh, particular little dump off pass as there was not a single defender on that side of the field left, to cover uh, Abram Smith, there there wasn't. He hit uh, 18 miles an hour on that, which is pretty impressive. Um, I mean, Baylor just underutilized him. I mean, him and Damian Pierce for Florida, like two just underutilized backs that have to be better in the pros. I think Abram Smith, uh, really impressive catching the football, tough runner. Like this game really showcased what he does well. Uh, so I, I really hope uh, NFL scouts take notice. I think he's going to get a you know round or two bump, maybe even to you know early to mid day three. Um, there was a, I mean, we had some standout receivers. Um, I wouldn't call it like one of the Calvin Austin's going to get forty five yards receiving here, but one of those was like that was just there was two wide open receivers in the same area somehow on a roll on a play where the quarterback got outside the pocket and it was either him or Jaquez Ezzard was going to catch it. They were both there at the same time. Uh, Austin just happened to come down with it, but I thought Vellis Jones did a good job today. Uh, had four targets, caught four balls, 54 yards, 53 yards, including a, a long of 32. So Vellis Jones had a good week this week and I think he's, I don't know if he ends up in the first two days of the draft. I just think the numbers game is going to probably keep him down and his age probably going to keep him down into day three. But I think he's going to be an impactful player uh, at the next level, be, be, be it special teams, be it as a you know number three, number four wide receiver. I think you're going to see a lot of these receivers at the senior bowl that play special teams, something you always talk about, Brian, these guys that play special teams is what gets them drafted. Uh, Vellis Jones, I think Bo Melton on the other side are two guys that 
played they played every special teams position today. <laughs> that you know, they returned kicks, they were gunners. Calvin were, Austin as well. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Uh, so you know, I I think when we hit day three, those names are going to fly off the board because uh, we see, you know we see a lot of guys that receivers especially get drafted in the fourth round. You're like, wait, what? I had them this much lower in my rankings. You know, th- this is why. Calvin Austin had a great week this week. I think you you know. He's he's going to be – I'm going to go ahead and give a spoiler here. He's going on my risers from this week because I didn't think much of Calvin Austin coming into this week. Didn't think much of him after the weigh-in either when he weighed 5, 7, and about a buck 40. But uh, he is – he can separate just so quickly with his feet and gets to that top speed pretty quick, which I think uh, – I don't know if it was you or somebody else – early prop for the combine is Calvin Austin being the fastest one there. My, uh, and that might be, that might be a really smart bet. <laughs> Ultimately for fastest 40. Yeah. He's, he's going to fly. We, we know he's small enough to fly. And, and I thought the game was good for him too. He, he adjusted to a tough Malik Willis catch early in the game, uh, then had the, the big catch later. So he's, he's got to be a riser. He's got to be up there, and a team that needs that return guy wants that kind of small speed player. Yeah, he, he's going to go fairly early. Uh, Jalen Talbert, uh, South Alabama, one of the top receiving prospects in this game, ends up with two catches for 24 yards, had four targets. Uh, he was the victim of some, shall we say, wild throws and <laughs> uh, a couple of his targets. I thought could have, you know, his numbers could have been higher had the had the pass has been on the money a little bit. Uh, a couple tight ends caught passes. Uh, Grant Calcaterra had two for 14. And uh, Greg Doltitz uh, had a target, had a couple of targets late, caught one for 10. And Jaquez Ezra had two targets, caught one for eight. Uh, any thoughts on the tight ends there and Jalen Talbert? Um, I, you know, I think the tight ends played – played decently well um you know it's kind of tough going but i i thought dulcich calcaterra looked good when they when they had their opportunities to catch it i thought tolbert actually played better than a stat sheet uh once again he, he made some good adjustments some good routes he was open a couple times that he didn't get a pass thrown his way because his quarterback was getting sacked um so i, I think tolbert actually came away looking much better than two catches for 24 yards looks Conspicuous by his absence on this stat sheet for the American team is San Diego State tight end Daniel Bellinger. Surprising that that he did not have a catch in this one. Baffling that the blocking tight end didn't didn't catch the ball. I tell you who was the the surprise on the stat sheet if you looked at it uh, was the leading receiver for the national team, Jake Ferguson, the tight end from Wisconsin. Didn't have that on the bingo card, did we? <laughs> we did not predict that. So uh, good on Jake Ferguson. Had the TD late uh, that kind of sealed the game there for the national team. Three catches, 62 yards, and a touchdown. Good for you, Jake Ferguson, who I did not think much of entering this week i'm interested to see where he goes because i I think he has a good two-way tight end um i mean the catch from penny uh from kenny pickett uh you know was i I thought was solid and then he got that touchdown to kind of seal the game at the end with with uh so you know pretty good all around by him i thought maybe he did a little more than i expected him to do when he was out there, especially on that touchdown pass to ritter so maybe jake ferguson has some red zone ability blocking ability 
Might not be a bad day three pick. Uh, we didn't see any targets for him in the red zone. We, we did see a couple big plays down the field from Cole Turner. I think uh, that's probably going to be who he is. Uh, maybe at the next level, it'll seem stretching, uh, and maybe he'll get some shots at the red. Uh, there was one pass. I want to say it was to Romeo Dubs down in the uh, in the red zone area that they attempted on a fade, and I'm like, that was that that was Cole Turner in Nevada's <laughs> offense, uh, yeah. not Romeo Dubs. Romeo Dubs was the outside the twenty guy. Uh, Cole Turner was their red zone fade guy, and I was like, that was the wrong, the wrong chrome helmet there. Uh, they had a, they were throwing that ball at, but I thought Cole Turner decent day today. Uh, Romeo Dubs two catches, eighteen yards. Uh, Talk about where you're at with the Nevada duo there. Uh, I, I'm I'm a little all over the place. Like I think Dubs had a good week. Um, you know he still has an issue against press man. He's never going to be good against that. So I think some teams are going to put him as a late round pick, and I think some teams will have him, uh, you know, as a third fourth round type. So I think Dubs may, maybe as an outside shot at day two. I doubt it, but. I think it's possible with a good combine. I think Cole Turner has a chance, once again, if if a team wants that pass-catching prowess that he brings. No surprise that his biggest catch came from Carson Strong, maybe Carson Strong's best pass. The only, the only guys he could pass to in the week were the Nevada guys. Uh, but Cole Turner you know, caught that ball, um, knew exactly where it's going to be. Like He's so good at tracking the football, too, like you said, in the red zone. So I, I think Cole Turner, you know, round three is possible, but – um, I, I, I would probably lean just with the amount of players we have in this draft that he falls to round four or so, but I, I think it could definitely happen with the right team fit. I have a feeling, and I don't know, I'm not going to write this in on the stone tablet or anything, but I feel like after this week, the highest rated Nevada player on my board is going to be Cole Turner. And I think Romeo Dubs is going to fall for me. Uh, it was a bit of an eye-opener seeing him not be able to separate mm, uh, gotcha. this week. Uh, maybe I, I don't know if I, I expected more, uh, but that was definitely eye-opening in some of these one-on-one drills during practice and today. Um, we, we talked about the Christian Watson catch, and that was pretty funny because most of the defenders let the play go when he made a dive. Like you said, if the ball had been on the money, he's going to catch and run. It's going to be a TD. Uh, but he had to dive for the ball, makes the catch. But when he hits the ground, he has the wherewithal to get back up and take off running where the defenders just kind of let it go because they're you know unaware, I guess, that we're playing under NFL rules during the Senior Bowl. So uh, Watson was able to get up and take off and pick up about another 20 yards down the field before he was tackled. So a good heads-up play from Christian Watson, who probably may leave this week as the best receiver that was here. And he's probably going to end up being the highest-rated receiver uh, on our both of our boards, I would imagine, after this game from this from the senior bowl group. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's the case. Uh, like I said, I, he, I said on the podcast last night, if you didn't check it out, definitely worth listening to. It was a lot of fun. I moved Christian Watson from wide receiver 14 to wide receiver seven. And it feels right. Like it feels good. I don't think he's going to pass these underclassmen above him, but could a team like him more than say David Bell from Purdue? I think absolutely. Um, You know, that could happen. Could they like him more than now Jahan Dotson or um, George Pickens? You know, I think Christian Watson could beat those guys out. I think he could be a top six 
receiver in this class might not crack the top five, but um, he's been doing this consistently. He dominated practices. He the catch in the game was incredible. I, he has the size. If he has the speed at the combine, I, I just the upside, there's no limit. I feel like he could go sub four four at the combine, too. Wow, that would be. I mean, if, he, if he goes sub four four, he could, yeah. I mean, I feel like it's a possibility. Uh, last, well, the last uh, note on the stat sheet we're going to go over, and then we'll we'll start wrapping this up. But um, Trey McBride, two catches, twelve yards, and a touchdown. Uh, my partner on the radio broadcast, Randy Kennedy, uh, actually called the touchdown to uh, Trey McBride before it happened. He's like, this, he said he felt like it because I guess he interviewed Trey McBride during the week. He was pretty pumped up for him, and he called it that that was going to happen, and it did. So soothsayer there in the booth but uh your thoughts on trey mcbride how he did this week and uh where he stacks up and just kind of kind of set that uh tight end one two three board for us i i think trey mcbride is a still a tough egg to crack i really want to see the combine numbers uh is really important to me because uh throughout the week he played really well i mean the range the way that he tracks the football, how he can reach out and catch it. He's got long arms. He knows how to, to box out defenders and make plays. It's it's kind of what you want. But there was no separation. I mean, Isaiah likely was getting separation. Trey McBride was not getting much separation from these linebackers. And it, it was a concern in season two, but he was so good at being able to dominate in contested catches that it's worthwhile. I just want to know, is he athletic enough to – you know, be George Kittle, be Travis Kelsey, right? I mean, that's what we're asking for. We're talking top of the tight end board here. I, I just want to see that. So for me, I, I think I think Jalen Weidermeyer, the junior from Texas A&M, still number one. Trey McBride's number two. And I, th- I think your boy Isaiah Likely has to be number three from Coastal Carolina um, after the good week. And, and you know, I, I think he's he's probably the most athletic tight end that I feel confident can be a starter. I agree with that. I think he's going to have a tremendous combine uh, when it comes down to it. Um, so we had a little fun last night, as you talked about. We we set some props for the Senior Bowl. Uh, you can, uh, If you go to the Draft Countdown Twitter account, you can uh, search the hashtag, hashtag Grapeco Draft 22, and uh, – there's still some polls you can vote for. Uh, the three that pertain to the senior bowl game were closed now, but uh, there were three that we had pertaining to the game. And the first one was one guaranteed thing that will happen during the senior bowl. I said that Carson Strong will be sacked. He was not. Uh, you said Travis Jones would record two sacks. He got one. So close. So close. Uh, Pigskin Paul said Malik Willis will throw an interception. The majority of the people who voted in the poll agreed with him. <laughs> Ouch. Malik Willis did not throw an interception. He only threw the ball four times, so. And uh, Scott Wright uh, said Kenny Pickett and his small, tiny hands would fumble once. He did not. He did not. Sam, so, Howell, Sam Howell got the strip sack fumble. Yes. But uh, so – Shane, we give you half a win for that. All right, I'll like I'll, I'll tell. I feel like I was, I it, it be, I feel like I was closest of the three, just because you know your all of yours either happened or didn't. So 
I was, I was halfway there. Uh, we asked score predictions for the 2022 Reese Senior Bowl. I said the American team would win 26 to 14. They did not. Yeah. Maybe I was thinking they would block. Shame <laughs> on me for thinking that. Uh, Pigskin Paul said national team wins by five, 22 to 17. He had the right team winning. Scott Wright said the American team wins by 10, 27 to 17. They obviously did not. Shane P. Hallam says the national team wins 21 to 7. They won 20 to 10. So you at least four points there. Pretty close. Shane, I award you another half point. Oh man, I didn't even get the full point, but like that's that's as close as you're gonna get. Right well, you've there. got a full point now. All right, you got I'll, a half I'll, point I'll, for, I'll, for Travis I'll take Jones. It, I'll take it. Um there was a split vote here from the uh people who voted on our Twitter poll. Uh they thought uh, 40% thought the American team would win by greater than seven. The 40% thought the national team would win by less than seven. Only 20% of the people voting said that the national team would win by a greater than seven point amount. So those 20% were correct. Yeah. And let's see, where was the other one? Yeah, I think we went MVPs, which. Yeah, which I, in fairness here, I, um, did not know how the MVP awards were handed out. They do an overall MVP, a MVP for the national team, and MVP for the American team. So next year, we'll we'll when we do this again, we'll we'll have those awards how they are structured. Uh, I said that Malik Willis will win offensive MVP and Jermaine Johnson will win defensive MVP. Well, I was I was half wrong out of the gate because Jermaine Johnson did not play. Yeah, right. Uh, you, Shane, said Damian Pierce would win offensive MVP. Troy Anderson uh, from Montana State would win defensive MVP. I don't think he did terribly bad uh, on the stat sheet there. Let's see. Troy Anderson, three tackles and one solo. Not right. All right. I'll, yeah. Whoops. Uh, Pigskin Paul goes Kenny Pickett and Kingsley Enigbare. No dice. For uh, for either of those, not quite. Scott Wright with Desmond Ritter and Chad Muma, and if not for the sacks, I think he might have actually actually yeah. had this because without all the sacks, I think Ritter wins MVP uh, for his two touchdowns, and Muma with nine tackles uh, would have been in contention as well. So, uh, if any points get awarded here, I feel like it should go to Scott for being the closest. But no points. No points. Now, I, I picked Paul last last night on the podcast. Couldn't stop talking about uh, Bo Mafe and didn't pick him. Didn't pick him for defensive MVP. Could have could have gotten it. Could have got it. Uh, Sixty four votes cast uh, on this question, and forty five point three percent went with you, Shane. Oh, uh, no. Pearson Anderson. Forty two point two percent went with me, Willis and Jermaine Johnson. Uh, only seven point eight percent went with the closest. And that's Ritter and Muma. Uh, Pickett and Enigbari, 4.7% on that vote. Uh, speaking of, of Mafe and Paul's, uh, we, we asked well, who was a surprise name from this game that uh, could pop up in round one. And uh, Paul said Mafe. I still don't think he's going to get in round one, but I think he's definitely solidified into day two after his week. Yeah, I, I think I think he is solidified in day two, and and 
maybe with a good workout, which should happen with him, maybe round two. Something to keep an eye on. Did Logan Hall play today? He did. He had a. He, I think he had okay. a tackle. Okay. Okay. Did not. Uh. Didn't do much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see if we have any questions here in the chat. We do not. Uh, we did have. I don't know. Close to a question here on Twitter from <laughs> at Best Ball NFL Todd from PA said, "What's up?" Boyer. <laughs> Close enough. That's technically a question. That's no question mark, but technically a question. I'll I'll take it. Uh I think we just talked about Mafe. He's uh really so good today. And your boy Braxton Jones from Southern oh, Utah, man. Rough, rough day. He drew a rough assignment there with Mafe uh today. Right after like you you messaged me like Braxton Jones look or you tweeted no Braxton Jones tweeted, looking good yeah. and then like two plays later Mafe beats him and just kills the quarterback. Just like, the rest of the game, the rest of the game, just getting demolished. I'm like, oh man, I just jinxed him the whole way. Not not great. Um, all right, so that's gonna wrap it up for our Senior Bowl uh, wrap up show here uh, and put a bow on the. Uh, this was what, five straight days of podcasts here for uh, our YouTube channel, which we encourage everybody to subscribe to the channel, like the videos, and hit the notification bell so you can be notified when we go live so you can ask your questions in the chat and we can answer them on the show. Uh, the podcast audio versions go up wherever you get your podcast, be it Apple, be it Spotify, be it wherever. Uh, give us a five-star rating on those. Write a nice nice complimentary review of it so other people can so the so that gets pushed up the uh the algorithm there and uh more people can listen to the draft countdown podcast uh we're not done with the senior bowl at draftcountdown.com uh tomorrow like my my write-up from the game is up right now uh shane will have his up tomorrow uh shane has a another seven round mock coming out on monday uh, like we said, where the majority of the players that played in this game are going to be in that seven-round mock draft. And uh, we'll have Tuesday and Wednesday, uh, we'll each have on one day or the other uh, our stock up, stock down, risers, fallers column from uh, to, to just put a bow on the week to who who's, who made the money uh, at the Senior Bowl. Uh, you'll, you'll find that out uh, when, we, when we get those up. But that's going to do it for tonight. Follow Shane on Twitter at Shane P. Hallam. Follow me on Twitter at Deep Fried Draft. Follow Draft Countdown on Twitter at Draft Countdown. And for everything draft-related daily content, it's only going to get better, folks, between now and April 28th. DraftCountdown.com is where you need to be. Good night, everybody.